Welcome to Just Another Podcast. I'm here today with my uh, good friend and, um, I don't know, mentor. No, just kidding. Uh, my friend, Brian Kieser, who is the, one of the co-owners of Unrest Coffee, as well as a, a pastor at Journey Church in Hamden, Maine, as well as uh, works in the medical field as well. So uh, welcome, Brian. Well, hello. It's good to be here again. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Brian and I, <laughs> we're supposed to do podcast number one, um, or he did podcast number one a couple of weeks ago when I launched this, but I was still learning out the, learning some of the kinks, which I still am. And uh, it didn't turn out the way we wanted it to. So we're going to try <laughs> to do this all over again. Luckily, it's been a couple of weeks. So we won't like, I feel like I forget what we even talked about somewhat. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be easier while. for us to be more natural. Um, but yeah, like I said, Brian owns Unrest Coffee. So we thought we'd do a recording it early in the morning so we could drink our coffee, even though it doesn't have to be early in the morning to drink coffee, in my That's opinion. True. But, <laughs> I think All I've day. gotten the immunity to, to the caffeine that's in coffee that I feel like I can drink it at like 11 o'clock at night and still be able to sleep fine. <laughs> right. But, I know. I, I feel like I've drank so much coffee since this whole COVID thing started. and But my intolerance or my tolerance level for caffeine has just gone through the roof. Yeah. Yes. It's amazing. Speaking of COVID uh, stuff, what have you been up to? I know I saw yesterday you guys went out to the uh, hike that Taylor and I have done since we've been quarantined uh out of blue hill yeah we did that uh saturday i think yeah okay. saturday we went up to blue hill did the is it like peter's brook trail yeah. i think it is yeah um my sister and brother-in-law told me about or told my wife about it and said it would be a fun trip which we didn't do the whole thing um i've got three kids and <laughs> one of them is like two and a half so she enjoys about 10 minutes of that hike and wanted to be carried the rest of the way. So, you know. It's not a bad hike, though. I mean, we we, nah. we posted about it on our Married Into This page that it's, like, super easy. Like, we were – my landlords must be in their 60s, and we, we accidentally ran into them. Not physically. Don't worry, everybody. We didn't touch each other. But we, we yeah. passed – crossed paths on that hike, and they were just like – they love doing that because it's so simple. It's just – Oh, not the whole thing. We did basically probably what you guys did, just more like the waterfall and that yeah. kind of thing. And and they were like, yeah, it's just so simple. It's like a nice stroll down the street, but then you're in the woods and you get to stumble upon a waterfall. Yeah, it, that's we got to the waterfall and then we came back after that. So it was it was nice that the trail is like super well kept. It uh, it just is fun. Like the water parts were really cool. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's definitely uh, was a highlight to our week. I highly recommend anyone else. See, there you go. Try that out. Um, we did that. Uh, we've been tie-dyeing some shirts. As you can there you see. go. I basically went and found every white shirt that I owned and tie-dyed it throughout half of them. <laughs> One of them looked like I was shot. It was just like <laughs> blood splatters. And That's I was when like, you just eh. like save that one for Halloween, right? You just walk around. Right, like I should have. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, we've been doing stuff went up to camp yesterday uh up in lincoln did some fishing um with the kids and rode around on the party boat just hung out for the most part but been keeping busy there you go we went camping social distancing camping with some friends of ours on saturday night out in abbott maine where we basically taylor's dad has some land and we just parked the subaru on it Blew up the air mattress in the back of the Subaru so that yeah. as it 
expanded to just fit into the contours of the of the, of the uh, car, and then proceeded to have some fun. And I, it was the first time in a long time that I actually had too many fun adult beverages. And Sunday to me was just not. It re, it reminds me of days in the past where I did it regularly, but I have not done that in a long time. And it was an accident. I tell you that much. And yeah, I remember showing up. Huh? Yes. And, and, and <laughs> it's one of those things, I feel like when you're at a gathering, so say we're at your house having some drinks, right? Or watching a Celtics game, whatever. And you're up walking around, you're moving, you're going to the bathroom. There's like walls to like keep you in line that you, I feel like you feel like, you know, the, the, where you're at, you're like, okay, I can stop. I need to stop now. <clears throat> I don't want to get intoxicated. I either have to drive home or whatever it is. And you're like, okay, I should stop now. When you're in the middle of a massive, like, clearing where there was trees and now there's not and it's dark out and the only light you have is the fire and to go to the bathroom it's really just stumble wherever you need to right and go to the bathroom for a mail i just i don't think it, it just took me by surprise it was just like all of a sudden i was like oh no and i'll tell you what i turned 34 what two weeks ago and it is um a lot harder to get over that at 34 than it was at 21 tell you that much <laughs> there you go it's true and then an entire day i was like yeah this is there's a reason why i don't do this anymore there's multiple reasons but this is definitely one of them <laughs> <laughs> this is definitely like, one of them this is definitely one of them and taylor's uh, gonna be 24 in uh, um september and she's like i don't even want to do that again ever <laughs> like it's not like it's nothing to do with 34 i think it's just no one should be doing that ever i'm like yeah that's the reason why we didn't do that we got home sunday morning and just I was out for the count, like just watching TV and trying to drink some soup. And it was yeah. not what I wanted to do for sure. But mm, hey, recovery mode. But you learn from your mistakes, right? <laughs> there you go. But let's, uh, so you, but you're safe. Your family's safe, obviously. You guys have been trying to stay put and um, keep your distance and do what you can from home. And we are, you've been working from yeah. home, right? Yeah, I work uh, from home. Actually, we, they've been working on moving us to home like on a more permanent basis too, which has been kind of cool. Um, I trying to set up my little home office to make it a little more permanent of a place. But so we've been working from home, um, which has its challenges, but I really mm -hmm. appreciated kind of being home and being around the kids more and, and the family and stuff. And knowing that I can just, I, I set up in the basement and know I can just go upstairs and see everybody and kind of have a quick, you know, meet and greet with the family and then come back down and go to work. And um, it's that, just that passing thing is nice. That idea that yeah. like, it's almost like passing your coworkers in the hall that you don't work in the same office with this. You get to right. pass your family and see your wife and see your kids, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of fun. It was like Friday. Um, we were working and it was like the most beautiful day out. And so I'm down in the basement and I opened up the pool and the kids are out there swimming. And I'm like, ah, this is when work from home is not fun. When I'm like Wait. sitting in the basement working. You could take 10 seconds, throw a bathing suit on, go outside, jump in the pool, and come back in I if could. you wanted to. Though. That's, that's the, that would be the benefit of, of working from home is the idea that you have the ability to just jump in your pool. <laughs> but I think a lot, probably do that are, summer. a lot of companies are learning that, though, I think, in this COVID situation, that there is some, some thought to that. When I was working in Massachusetts, um, we had contemplated, I worked for New Sound Concerts that puts on the Soul Fest, and yep. it was in their marketing um, department. It was me, basically. But um, we, are, we had rented a building 
for our offices that we could either move the storage part of it to either a storage container for like 30 bucks a month or to the owner's basement and the rest of us could work remotely and that would save them 12 to 1500 a month on the rent for that that location and so that was thrown around for a while that was back in 2008 and so i think a lot of companies now is noticing that we can work from home is that there is some, and people are, are actually getting stuff done that ever think their thought process is that people won't get anything done. Right. And now I think they're going to work to that more remote working for some people because it will save them money and, and, and make uh, employees yeah. happier. I know uh, where I'm at, we, you know, moved a whole bunch of people to work from home during all this, but then other departments that couldn't work from home kind of moved into our old cubicles just because it was more, it was easily to easier to, kind of socially distance people that way. And in doing that, they pulled people in from all these other ancillary buildings and, and places that I'm sure they're spending least money on. And they mm-hmm. realize, hey, if we just keep all these people home, we could probably cut a lot of costs down. And we've always been looking at, or they've been looking at work from home a lot over the past like year or so. And we were in like some trial basis of stuff and, and this kind of accelerated it like, hey, it's proven we can do it and we can do it well um, doing stuff in the medical field. We, you know, a lot of businesses were kind of going down and in, in their amount of business going on where we were just kind of ramping up. Like we got super busy for a, uh, a while there at the start. So we were able to move work from home and then up our kind of productivity. So it, it showed, it was like a perfect kind of test case scenario for us, but. And it, and it doesn't Doing mean that. you guys can't come in to do meetings or whatever, you know, it's not like, right. It's, well, right now in this situation, we're trying to do less of that, but like in the future, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that you couldn't have like one three hour block every week, Tuesdays or whatever day at one, yeah. you're there from one to four. It just helps with, uh, like I said, I think companies could save money. All of us right. have fast enough internet, electricity, laptops, yeah. iPads, you know, iPhones, things that we can do remotely and do yeah. it more comfortably. Um, and so, you know, there was a talk when I was, I can do payroll from home for Orono Brewing Company. So there was talks of the big, like, you know, over some busy moments where I'm just like, ah. I took a personal health day. I was just like, I need to just not be at the office. I didn't even, I worked from home. I just told them, I don't care if you charge me a, like a sick day. I just want to be at home. I cannot, I just need a day at home yeah. this is back six months ago. And they came up to me and were like, well, I mean, I think you could probably just come in at noon on Mondays and just do payroll from home. So you at least have a couple of hours in the morning if you want. And then I realized it's not as simple until I hook a printer up and all this stuff. So I was like, I'll just be in until I can actually set up an office space in my house, which I haven't yeah. done yet. Um, I just, it was easier to work in the office, but there's pros and cons of both. And you know. Right, yeah. But let's a talk a little bit stuff. more about uh, the fun stuff, like unrest coffee, man. Oh, there you go. You know, it's good coffee. And I, I admitted I was going to lie and say this is unrest coffee, but it's been, uh, it's like one of those I'm things out. nowadays, <laughs> one of those <laughs> things nowadays that uh, with shopping, you can't be as picky, if that makes any sense. Like I can try yeah. to go, I can order you online and I can, I can go to Central Street Farmhouse or, or, or uh, Tiller and Rye. But if I'm going to go to one store when I'm out, it's like, okay, going to go to Hannaford, get everything I need to get and go home and try not to like go to multiple stores. And uh, yeah. 
So luckily there is things like online ordering, but when I was at the store, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm almost out of coffee. And so I just pulled <laughs> coffee off the shelf and I was like, that's cheap. And it looks like it'd be okay. And I guess I, had, yep. I told Brian it was, it's Newman's own organics, but at least it goes to charity. Right. And that's, there you go. That makes up for it, I guess. Brian, Brian's like, go to my charity though. My family, my kids need right? to eat. You know? <laughs> Brian.org. I don't know but, if that's uh, a real website. Don't go there. Don't go there. It's like in high school <laughs> and they asked, they said, don't go to whitehouse.com. Remember that? Yeah. Right. <laughs> but uh, we were drinking coffee here. So let's chat a little bit about coffee. I mean, I've heard this yeah. story a couple of times now because we're our friends, obviously. And we did right. a day podcast, but how did you get involved in unrest coffee? Definitely. I've rehearsed it now. So um, basically, like I've always been big into coffee. Um, drinking coffee has always been a passion of mine, you could say. But uh, but no, like I remember in the early years of uh, being married and we were I got big into like home brewing beer and that was a ton of fun. Um, and we used to do that with a bunch of friends. We'd all get our turkey fryers together and do a bunch of beer. And and then you know, we had kids and, and the time to sit around and, you know, for like four hours and, and brew a, a batch of beer, kind of the availability of that dwindled a little bit. So we were doing that left less often. And uh, my wife, one of her um, friends actually from college, we met them in Camden and they were visiting from New Hampshire and, and she was talking about uh, roasting coffee. And I was like, oh, like, I didn't know you, know you could do that at home. Like, that's a thing. And so she was telling me she had this little roaster and, and she would roast coffee at home and she was actually selling it a little bit. Um, and then after that, I, I went home and, and I had a little bit of money set aside that I'd been saving up for a moped, actually. And then I was like, you know, why get a moped? Let's get a roaster. So we bought a little little roaster. It looked like a toaster oven. Um, and just started roasting coffee at home and just fell in love with how easy it was and, and how fun it was though to experiment. Um, and it reminded me a lot of kind of the things I liked about home brewing beer where you could, you know, roast all these different beans and, and roast them differently and, and get into that kind of the creative side of things. Um, and did that for a number of years. And then I met Micah who um, owned Unrest Coffee at the time. And our kids, uh, our sons were both in the same class and school and we got to know each other a little bit. And I remember there was a, it was Halloween. He kind of, they came over and we were trick-or-treating along our street and just the whole night, I was just talking to him about Unrest Coffee and how I thought it was awesome. And I was like, can I help? You know, like any way I could get in on that and just help you out. Like you don't have to pay me or anything. Just throw me some coffee once in a while. And, um, I've been doing, uh, I did like a, a, a short stint in the screen printing business and was selling t-shirts and um, we had a little uh, clothing line called New Empire Apparel and, and I loved doing that and just shipping out shirts all over the place. So I was like, hey, Micah, like I could do your online store if you want, like I could get that going and we could sell coffee online. And so we did that for a while, it was about a year. Um, I helped him with that and and it kind of, was up and down. Um, he was a, a or is still a, a stay-at-home dad, and so he had like this full-time responsibility um, to do that to his family. And then he was doing coffee as well. And I was like, "Hey, let's get this going and let's do more coffee." And he's like, "I'm pretty comfortable right now." <laughs> and then 
you know, because this time and wasn't there. And um, just so I remember one day we kind of shut the website down because it wasn't doing much traffic and, and it didn't really justify paying the fees that we were paying. So I remember saying to him, like, hey, if you're ever interested in selling um, the company, let me know. Like, I'd be interested. Just kind of off the cuff. And he's like, yeah, we should talk. And so we got together at OBC up in Orono in the marginal way there and um and uh we just talked and came to the deal and and from there um bought the company I, really about a year ago today like not today probably on the dot but it was like the end of may beginning of june when i officially took over um so it's been a a year now and and have loved every second of it so that's kind of how we kind of stumbled into it me and micah were we're good friends. You still see each other and text all the time and talk coffee and, and stuff. But um, yeah, so it's kind of a hobby turned into a side hustle. And then <laughs> who knows where it will go from there soon. But And that's why I, one of the things I always reach out to people and tell them to do, it's the same thing that I kind of did my entire life, basically, how I got into, other than working at Best Buy and Circuit City, like how you get into go from get into a job or something that you want to do is it doesn't hurt to ask someone like we get people asking yeah. us all the time if they can come brew with us we have to say no because we're a you know micah was a small independent company with one person working there right he could add, he could have you come help and, and actually do something like you're like i don't want to come there and help you roast the coffee i mean yes it would be cool if i did that with you but you're like can i help you ship things something that he maybe didn't want to do but you yeah. have to take off on and then let, get your foot in the door um, was the same thing. Like when I started at uh, Newstown Concerts, I just told you about earlier was I was dating someone who worked there and they're like, Hey, yeah, you can come help out. And then all of a sudden I know where I basically took over her role and like, <laughs> like she was still there. She stole your job. But, yeah. But like the idea that I got a job there because of that, like I told yeah. Andy, I was like, I really want to get in the brewing industry and do stuff in the brewing industry. He's like, Hey man, I can hire you on part time quickly. Legally they have to pay me. Cause it's an actual, like it can't just, and it's like uh, safety OSHA things. Cause we're, I'm in the yeah. industry. So he's like, Hey, do that. And then that led to me more bartending and then led to me being in the position I'm in now. So it's like, it doesn't hurt to ask, please don't anybody listen to this email us at Orner Brewing Company, unless you want to work in our tasting room <laughs> to say, hey, please, can we, can we work in the brewery? Cause we do have enough staff. However, yeah. it's not a bad idea that if you have a friend or a family member that's doing something you're really passionate about, it doesn't hurt to be like, Hey, what can I do to help? If it's even, even if, when I mean, you guys have gone to different festivals together, you and Micah, and it's like, even if you're like, Hey man, can I come help you at a festival? Can I help just yeah. be there, set a tent up or whatever it is? Um, right. It doesn't hurt because it could turn into something where eventually the, the, the owner of the company is like, Hey, yeah, I wasn't going to sell it, but the right person, you're the right person at the right time. Here you yeah. go. And now Brian, you know, the Keezers are the owner of unrest coffee, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and you never know kind of where things can go. And it's funny, like, especially in, in the beer industry, I'm sure you guys probably get it all the time where people are like, oh, I'd love to work in a brewery. Like, I'm sure you guys just stand around and drink beer all day and, like, you know, get to just brew beer. It must be, like, so glamorous. And people there are just days wanna, like, like that. But... Oh, yeah, I'm sure, like, you guys have fun. But, you know, it's like people, you know, probably think, that you just want to go and hang out. It's like, well, it, it's still a job, like a job that I'm sure Asa and you guys like love every second of it. And and yeah, you can't just 
go hang out all day <laughs> and and do it but definitely like email people call people like i've that's one thing i've been trying to do more of um i'm like a introverted extrovert which is mm -hmm. like a weird kind of thing to work through is like i'm really extroverted but i'm not in a lot of ways so i've been trying to push myself to kind of reach out to other business owners and um and chat with people i know andy gagan right off the bat when i bought the company i was like hey like i appreciate you as a business person as well as a friend but i'd love to just chat sometime and and like i love how he runs the business there and just like get to know how he does things and so i you know encourage people to reach out to people who are in business even if it's not the exact field that you're looking to be in but um just to learn how how does he create a good culture um, in your company? Even if your company is, you know, me and my wife and my kids, <laughs> but you still got to create culture and that culture will only grow as you grow. And so. It reminds but, me of uh, when we used to, when we were, all of us were younger and remember when street teams were big for like bands, like you'd go uh, yeah. online, you could like join a street team. Like I remember, I think I was part of the alien <laughs> ant farm street team at one point. <laughs> and it was like, I got a package in the mail with like, a hundred stickers and like they yeah. wanted me to put up the stickers all over the place and it was like i feel like we could cool be kind of cool in this world we live in right now with the ability to start a business pretty simple and easily nowadays like my dad used to talk about um when we were younger when we used to we can easily you can record a song in your house now and it sounds pretty good my right. dad had to like go to a studio that had the equipment and spend thousands of dollars to get a single song done because that was the only yeah. way to do it. Same thing with this, like podcasts can start now in my den and you're in your basement and via the internet. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the original podcast people and the people who like really brought this up and made it into what it is had to be right. in studios. And, and, but nowadays I feel like we can get back into the street team thing. I think a street team, but part of businesses is not bands. Like if anybody wanted to come to Orono Brewing Company and be like, hey, can I just get some stickers and some koozies? I'm going to be going to this place and this place and this place and I'll just hand them out. We'll go, of course, hundred yeah. percent. And likely in the long run, if you were saying later on, we had a position for marketing department, likely that person who came to us and was like, Hey, can I just hand stuff out at a festival? That right. person would be up for like, Oh yeah. Do you want the job? Yeah, sure. More than someone who just applied off the street. So yeah, the reaching out to your small business friends, if you have some extra time just to like, if you needed someone to just sticker bags, you know, and you dropped them off at their house. Here's the stickers. Here's the bags. This is how you do it. And I'll give you a couple of pounds of coffee for it. Likely you'd have someone who would want to do that. Not saying you're asking for that now, because it is, right. you do have a little bit more time on your hands anyway. So <laughs> you probably don't need that at the moment. But yeah. the idea that if someone came to me and was like, I had an audio engineering background and I'm not doing anything on Tuesday or whatever. Can I come help you record the podcast? I'd be like, of course, come on yeah. over. Like, that, not right now, but like, come on over, help me out. Because <laughs> if you're trying to get that just hours under your belt, you know, yeah, doing that stuff. So yeah, I wish the street team thing though. I was, <laughs> I literally had like stacks and stacks of, of stickers from different bands that I was like, yeah. I don't have anything else to put them on. And I'm not actually doing my job because I wasn't going out there and putting them on things. I just wanted free stuff. I just <laughs> wanted free stuff. <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's a funny thing. And like a, you know, brand ambassadors and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like, I've got, there's, there's, cool stuff that you can do with that and, and offer people discounts and 
you know, I know like the internet's just a crazy place where you can be and do that kind of thing. And, and, you know, when people refer people do that whole thing where, you know, you give someone a certain link and say, Hey, if you post this all over Facebook and people use your link to buy stuff off our website, you get, you know, we'll throw you a little commission on that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, and it works. All kinds I think of, there's, I mean, I didn't yeah. think advertising worked until I started buying things off of Instagram and Facebook. Like, I was right. like, why are people advertising so much? And I'm like, oh, look at this cool shirt I bought off of Amazon or Instagram. Like, yeah. And I'm like looking through my closet. I'm like, I have six shirts I bought off of Instagram. It's like, man. So like people, but, but, I listen, but I'd listen to Brian Keezer more than I would listen to Instagram. So like, meaning that if I sent you, if someone sent you a link and they're like, buy Joe Schmo's, you know, right. posters, I might be like, well, Brian's promoting this. So I, I trust Brian's opinion on it. So let me, yeah, it must be I'll good. I'll click on this link. Yeah. So, there is a lot of ways that that's now easily done. Um, yeah. And it might be a little bit easier to, to build a brand nowadays than it used to be. Um, I tell you what, yeah. I mean, I, it, I launched a podcast during this, which I mean, 15 million podcasts got launched during COVID. The, 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 sure. the ones that the best thing will be is that the ones that stay, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm hoping to continue to do this. There are some that people will let their lives take over again and, you know, go back to being in the office full time and all this. And then they'll just, all of a sudden I know all these will, some of them will trickle away and the ones that really are passionate about doing it will stay for the long run. So we'll see, but. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny how things work like that. Like my, um, you know, my dad um, started his own company when I was, it might've even been before I was born, but he worked for a tire company um, his whole life. And then, at some point, him and a, a friend or a business partner, they branched out and started their own tire company. And like my whole childhood was, that was what my dad did. He owned Northeast Tire. And I remember like there's pictures of me and my sister in these like ghetto Northeast Tire t-shirts. And um, and he was a, a salesman. He drove all over the state of Maine and, and sold tires and to little shops. And then um, when I was in college, he ended up selling it to Sullivan Tire, which is a big you know, New England company. And so he's worked there, you know, he still works there. Um, and so like seeing that that's such a, a, a doable thing. And I think even back then, you know, the upfront costs of what he had to go through and to be able to do that. And my dad graduated high school and, and that was it. He didn't go mm-hmm. to college. He didn't, you know, get a business degree. He, he just worked really, really hard. And so it's cool to, to be able to see that. And, and, you know, we talk about how easy it is to, you go on legalzoom.com and you, you know, boom, you just started a business. You paid 200 bucks and you created an LLC and there you go, you're running. And so and same with, you know, recording bands and stuff. And um, I was talking to a guy the other day who, one of my best friends, and he was saying that he met somebody who had heard of an old band that I was in, like in, you know, the early 2000s, Take Courage. And he was like, you guys are like nowhere on the internet. And I was like, because there was like no social media back then. <laughs> like, like we had, MySpace was just coming out when we were like, you know, already starting to wind down. And so you think how hard it was, you had to hand someone a CD that you burned yourself and be like, hey, pass this around. Like, I remember it was like in that weird stage where like, you really had to sell CDs to get your music out there. 
and you didn't really want to give it away, but you also wanted people to burn it for their friends and be like, hey, just get her name out there because mm-hmm. how else are you going to do that back then? And so, but nowadays it's like people can start bands and and seem like they're, you know, the next um, As I Lay Dying band where really it's two guys who recorded this whole thing in their bedroom and they've never even touched an instrument before. And so it's like this weird phase in life where things are so easy now, but not authentic in a lot of ways. And so that's why you see like the surge on cassette tapes coming back where, you know, it's a lot harder to record a real fancy album and put it on a cassette tape. I'm sure there's apps that you can do that. But but also you, know, you have to be dedicated to listen to it because not very many people have cassette tape. I mean, there may be resurgence yeah. in actual like cassette players because of the fact that the resurgence, I mean, June 5th, Run the Jewels has a new album coming out, which is one of my favorite rap groups. And they have it on vinyl, CD, digital, and cassette tape because of the <laughs> fact that people are wanting this volume of media. But I think part of it also is the demise of the music industry in a sense because of the fact that you yeah. were saying you had to have shows to have music, people hear your music. You had to be there at your merch table to sell your albums or your CDs, which allowed people to get your music. But now, because it's so easy to actually get your uh, uh, music, that it's that I don't have to play a show this weekend because someone listens to it on Spotify. And now it's like, right. I feel like in that same aspect of how much easier it is to do things, it's also killed an industry that was one of our things that we, I mean, we didn't go to concerts, we went to shows. You know what I mean? Like right. we went to shows on a Friday, Saturday night uh, to see bands that, you know, it made a difference. I think I've lost my love for going to see live music because of how easy it is to listen to music nowadays. You know, how easy it is to watch live music on YouTube. The amount of times I'll just turn oh, on yeah. my YouTube on my, my Roku TV and be like, oh, cool. A band that I like to listen to is playing played live in UK. Here's this entire set that I can sit in my underwear and watch right. for free on the TV, which has basically ruined it for some things. Like now I'll go to Bangor waterfront concerts to see a show. And that's about as far distance I want to travel to go see a concert. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just made it easier. But on the other side of that business wise, people right. are doing businesses the right way. And you have a legal business. Like you have an actual company, you know, back 15 years ago, someone may have started a company but it wasn't so easy to go get that register as a company and either could have gotten screwed because, you know, they made coffee that had some sort of accidentally yeah. spilled a chemical in it and someone got injured and they sued them. And, and now they're busy. Yeah. They're, the whole life's ruined. At least now you have a legal, like there's legal yeah. parts of your company. It's not just as simple as I own a company. Now you physically right. own an actual company. And it's funny. And like, when like I was legal zoom has done for us. It's something like that. Not this, not yeah. a pitch for legal zoom, but right. Yeah. It's funny, like I mentioned New Empire Apparel and we were doing that. Like I had zero legitimacy of that. Like I literally, I think I saved up. I had like $300 and I had my, one of my best friends was like, hey DJ, can you design a shirt for me? And we should do this. And then I spent all this money and we bought 50 shirts and then we sold them and then we were able to buy a hundred shirts. And, and then, you know, I had like this, personal bank account that wasn't really it was just like a sub account that I kept the money in and like there was it was not legal in any way I didn't pay any taxes (laughs) like we the whole point of it was like to we wanted to create a shirt 
um, that was cool and that people liked, but then donate any profit from it to someone in need. Or um, we did a whole shirt line for this girl that needed a double lung transplant. She was had cystic fibrosis. And so we sold like a ton of those shirts. And, and then at the end of it, I was like, okay, we have $300 again. Like, let's make one more shirt. Yeah. And so it's so like, you know, we never profited from it. So I, I felt like I don't really need to be official or anything. So, and every time I'd look for it, I'd be like, Oh, we should really become like an actual company. I could get a bank account. And I was like, Oh, that's like $300 to do that. I don't have $300. But now I'm like, I, I, I want this to be a successful business. And so, you know, you've got to get all those permits and fees and, and like, I remember when I first started and I was talking to Micah and, and he set it up as kind of a sole proprietor and I was wanted to go the LLC route. So I was like trying to figure all this out. Like I'd email the state of Maine and be like, so what do I need for this? And they're like, Oh, you need this, that. And then like another week or two later, I'd be like, Oh, I, I guess I need that permit too. And, and so it's, it's a crazy world that you, all these hoops you have to jump through. But at the end of the day, if it's something that you love and you want to protect it and also protect your family, mm -hmm. you got to go through the, the legal channels. But Yeah. And it's, it's, and it's, and it's every year. It's like, it's not just the yeah. setup and you're good forever. It's like renewing things every year and every couple of years and all this, et cetera, et cetera. But it's worth it in the long run. If you, like you, it also shows a little bit like when you go to like, if you write someone a check to pay a bill or someone writes you yeah. a check for your coffee, that it's not to Brian Keezer. Right. That it's to unrest coffee. Cause legally you can get a check that says unrest coffee on it. Cause you have a bank account that says right. unrest coffee on it. That is allowed to be there. It's just one of those step furthers that you feel like a legitimate company, not just some guy who's, you know, roasting coffee yeah. in his garage, which is what you are. But it seems, <laughs> you know what I mean? It seems bigger yeah. than that too. It's like Definitely. the ability to, and things on the internet make it easier too. So if you wanted a business phone, Google has their phone number things, but you can just log on and sign up for an extra phone number that forwards yeah. the phone number to your phone. You right. answer, it looks, it says it's coming from Google. So you answer the phone. Hi, unrest coffee. Like you have an office right. and it looks so much bigger than it actually is. And it makes you seem a little bit more legitimate, which makes it easier nowadays. Um, right. But, you know, but you're also don't want to be too big. You still want to stay grassroots because there's also that fine line to walk that yeah. some companies become too big too quickly. And then they're not no longer that local coffee roaster. They're yeah, conglomerate. You know, we've been, it's funny, like trying to balance that side out and, and when you're in it doing anything, like there's always competition or, comp, you know, and I think something that I've really longed for and wish is like you see the the, the brewing industry and, and the craft brewing industry and how everybody supports each other and you guys are collaborating with other breweries and and you know just really like it's like a family and with roasting I haven't I've seen that like online but like locally there's not like roasters helping roasters and mm -hmm. stuff like that and so I'd love to see that kind of become more of a thing but as you look at other companies it's easy to want to do what everyone else is doing or like oh like they're they're selling cold brew coffee now or they're selling nitro cold brew like how do I get in on that like I gotta I should start selling that so it's easy to kind of try to do all those things and 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 also try to make yourself look 
you know, so professional and so huge and so big. But at, at the end of the day, like I want people to call my cell phone and, mm-hmm. and get, get me, you know, and say like, Hey, you know, this is who we are. And to be kind of proud of being the size that we are at this stage. And, and so like we've been working on trying to, um, create new packaging and, and always trying to perfect that. And so, um, you know, like I'm not going to go out and, and buy 20,000 bags just so I could get digitally printed bags that look super awesome and that we look like this huge company. I'd rather, you know, buy a thousand bags at a time and, and be in a budget that I can support and, and be able to still show that, Hey, we're not Starbucks. You know, like I take, time and I roast every you know batch in smaller quantities and and we're able to kind of still be that company that we're at and I think it's what's so hard about society today and and how easy it is to become to look bigger than you are is to try to present yourself as something that you're not and I think me and Gretchen we talk about that all the time and I'm like oh look what this company's doing she's like but we know that they're the same size that we are you know, like they're making it seem like they're not, but we know that they're the same size. Why, like, why be ashamed of the size that you are? Um, you know, obviously you want to put your best foot forward, but, you know, be true to yourself. And that's what we've been trying to balance there. Do you, so. would you want to be big? Or like, would you, like, if, if you could, this is not saying you're leaving your job tomorrow, your actual full-time job that probably pays your bills right. more than unrest does. <laughs> But would you, if, if all of a sudden or it became like, okay, you know what, this is borderline. I'm putting a lot of time and effort into the unrest. And if I did this next small step, it likely could take over the salary that I'm making at Northern Light and like mm. get to that point where it's like, okay, I'm just gonna be a coffee roaster for my life. Would that be something that would interest you? Or is that just like, is there too much risk? I mean, we watch Shark Tank every once in a while. And it was like, these people are like, oh, yeah. I'm doing this thing and I'm working a 40 hour a week job. And Mark Cuban will be like, sure, I'll invest on you if you quit your job. Because it's like, if you don't put yeah. 100% out, I see both sides of it. But if you want it to be a quote unquote side hustle, or just something you do for fun, but you also can support the cost of it, because homebrewing, you don't support the cost of it. There's no right. way, no one sells homebrew to a friend, you give homebrew to a friend. So all it yeah. does is your hobby costs you money. Whereas with yeah. Um, uh, roasting coffee, its ability to actually sell it to cover the cost of the coffee, maybe make a little bit of extra money to help with like, you know, going on vacation or doing some extra things that help support your family. But if it was like, okay, tomorrow, if you did this one, two and three things over the next couple of months, that's what you could do to make unrest coffee your career. Would that interest you? Or is that something that like, you want to stay what you're doing now? Oh, no, I, yeah not to confuse <laughs> to say like yeah to, yeah no if i mean if tomorrow we did x y and z and and i was able to fully go coffee roasting i'd, I'd be there 100 mm-hmm. percent. Um, so we're always trying to push that envelope and to figure out our next thing and to to make it a larger company because um, yeah i think that's ultimately the goal Otherwise I wouldn't be putting in the time and the effort mm-hmm. and the, um, you know, all of that into it. If I just wanted to be a little side hustle, I think I'd look for something easier, but um, yeah, exactly. But yeah. But it, you know, but we're I definitely with the brewing industry right now. It's, there's too many people who 
but I think you are doing it right. You know, not to pat you on the back or like think this is a way to just promote how awesome Thank Brian you. is, but I think he's doing it right because I think he bought you bought Unrest Coffee. It didn't change much. You like added tea. You changed a little yeah. bit of like, you know, I think you changed the bags, right? Originally already, or you not changed the bags yet? Yeah, we've, yeah, we upgraded to okay. um, like a sealable bag with a valve and all that. So you've done a couple of small things that have helped progress the company. It's not like you bought it and just status quo, you're running it through. Yeah. Um, but you're also not jumping so far deep into it that it's like a situation like COVID right now could have really yeah. hurt you if you had gone that too fast and something that I proud I'm, I, you know, I'm proud about Orna Brewing Company and, and the ownership group is that we've slowly done what we've done. Like yeah. we opened our, 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 our 61 margin way or mar, margin street um, location after four years, basically of being open three and a half years of being open. We took that time to like, okay, this is what we want. This is what we want and jumped yeah. into it. And then, slowly starting to add a tank maybe here or slowly starting to do this yeah. or that or you know it there's some companies that i just i mean across the nation not just in in, in the state of maine they have right. 20 million dollars in debt from open from expanding their brewery or, or doing another location or whatever it is they have millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in debt that we don't have <laughs> like we have some debt obviously but it's like yeah it, it just you don't if you go too fast too quickly and something like COVID happens or right. something like a fire happens or anything happens that could set you back. It's like, if you don't do it slowly and methodically in the right way, you could yeah. really, really, really screw up what you're doing. So it's hard. And it's such a hard balance to, to like see potential and to want to, to know when the right time is. I know when we bought the company, like I said, and it was like the end of May. Um, and just really, like I said, first six months, I just want to roll with, how everything is done. I don't want to change anything because I don't want anyone who's currently a customer to notice a difference in that transfer of ownership um, just to create, like keep the consistency there. And so we did that um, and quickly like the summer came to a close and I was like, you know, um, this is great. I love what we're doing. Um, but as winter's coming, we need to figure out some things. And so we were roasting outside. We were roasting over charcoal. Um, which is what Micah was doing and batches would take about 45 to 50 minutes for a, a batch of, you know, 10 to 15 pounds of coffee. And, and I was like, you know, there's a reason people don't commercially roast coffee over charcoal <laughs> like this, it, the time it takes the cost. So um, at that point we said, you know, you got to spend money to make money. And we, we bought a roaster, uh, a commercial roaster and took out a, a small loan to do that. And so it was like the best decision that we made to do that. And it's helped our business grow and, and helped us to put us in a position that, you know, if a, a big client came along or, or we got a, a big cafe or a, a coffee shop or a restaurant that said, Hey, we want unrest coffee. And, um, I could sustain that. Like I could pick those customers up and we can grow where, from where we are. Where before, if like, you know, some cafe said, Hey, we want to start doing unrest coffee. I would have been like, Oh my gosh. Like, how am I going to balance this time? You could have one cup of coffee per week. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I could do it, but you got to limit your coffee. So, um, but then, you know, this, um, this winter or this spring earlier, I was like, my wheels are always turning. I'm, I'm a, 
big picture kind of dreamer person. I don't get into the weeds of the details as much as I should in some areas. Um, and so I was like, hey, we should start a coffee truck. Like, I think we could, you know, there's no coffee truck right now. Let's get out there and, and let's do that in Bangor or Hamden. And I went and looked at one. It needed a lot of work. Um, and I remember like leaving thinking, should we do this? Should I, you know, the price is right. I think it would be a great deal. I'd have to put a lot of money into it and a lot of work um, and all this stuff. And I just, I hummed and hawed about it for the longest time. And then COVID happened and I'm like, oh, probably dodged a bullet there. <laughs> and you know, like, I'm glad that we didn't take on that extra debt or, or, you know, spend any, um, you know, savings that the company had on that to then not be able to get it ready. So there's definitely, you know, that temptation is always there to know that I could go to the bank. I've got good credit. We've got the, the numbers that we could go get severely in debt if we wanted to, but know that it's not the right time necessarily. So, but we're always looking, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a great sales. Isn't my, my, like, I'm not out there, you know, knocking down doors. Like, you know, a lot of business owners are, I'm trying and, and that's kind of where my introvertedness comes in um, to try to meet those new people. But we're always looking for new clients and, and I'm trying to network as much as possible and, and to grow it. Cause I'd love to see it take off um, to be more than just a side hustle. So, mm -hmm. and, and you're in Erickson's hardware in Hamden uh, central street farmhouse, which is funny because you see Josh Parda's post the other day about someone asking him where, uh, where to, uh, what street they were on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what street are you on? Uh, uh the uh but you're also in tiller and rye and a couple other spots um the, the donut shop yep. what's that donut place yeah yeah uh it's called the only donut in belfast yeah. um yeah and tiller and rye um central street erickson's you can get it by the cup they they have a cafe there so you could get um buy cups of coffee as well as the bags um they're in i think the donut shop only donut they serve it by the cup too normally um covid's kind of yeah. thrown some businesses for a loop there but as well as online and like you mentioned we offer subscriptions um on our website so you never have to run out of great coffee you can just my i just got to get into it like it's so many things right? like on the list of things that i just yeah i've fallen into the trap i mean obviously i'm spending less money probably like most of us are spending less money going out like i feel like right. i went to target for the first time since beginning of March, which is crazy because Taylor and I are like target fiends. Like we just walk around target as a date. And it's yeah. like for me to go in there, I had to pick up a prescription and I was like, I just want to walk around right now. But I'm like, I just realized how much less money I'm spending at target. Yeah. <laughs> don't walk around. <laughs> and then just, you know, that aspect of, Oh, that looks cool. Or that's on sale. But I've been spending my money on other things. I've bought t-shirts right. online over this COVID. I just bought two pairs of sneakers on Kohl's and, and, and it's just so funny that coffee should be in that because I drink it every day, <laughs> sometimes two, three times a day. And so I got to get on that, that, uh, that, um, subscription service for, for unrest coffee. But, um, it'd be kind of cool to see the, the collaboration thing. Like, uh, is it, would it be possible to have like, I mean, how many local roasters do you think are in like, just say the state of Maine? Is it like, is it up there? Is it like in the hundreds or is it like 
a handful? Um, like, what is the? I don't. I would say hundreds, but there's probably a lot that I don't know of. Mm -hmm. um, just in this area, I know. Um, I know a guy in Winterport. Uh, I know a guy in, I think he's Orland or Bucksport. Um, so that's three just in this little area here. I know this uh, mainly coffee up in Millinocket, I think. So there's a, there's a number of them out there. I know there's probably way more. And then there's people that are, you know, smaller than us and, mm. and way bigger than us. And so, um, yeah, it's like, I don't know. Like, I, and that's the thing is I don't know how, like what that looks like to Could collaborate. Coffee, like say you roast 10 pounds of coffee at your place and someone else roasts 10 pounds of coffee at their place. And then you just like mix it in a bag. Would that, how would, I mean, I don't know how this, like, I know a little bit more about the brewing industry, the like, beer brewing industry than I do the, the coffee right. brewing industry. But they, um, is it something like that? Could that, like, that's probably easier to do than in the brewing industry. We can't take a half recipe from one place and a half and mix it together because there's that transport issue. <laughs> yeah, but like, right. technically you could roast a dark roast in Hamden, do 10 pounds of it, and then bring it to a place in Winterport, say, and roast yeah, 10 I pounds mean, of it, and then mix it in a bag together or grind it up together. And that way there's actually technically a, a collaboration. Right, um, yeah. I've always wondered how beer companies do that. Like, I know with coffee, I mean, that's how most of your blends yeah. are. You roast, yeah. you know, this bean, and then you roast this other one separately, and then you blend them together in different ratios to make a blend. So you definitely could do something like that i'll um, tell you what a beer industry <clears throat> collaboration is 99.9% .9 of it is the head brewer of each location so we do we do quite a few with mass landing so mass landing will will say this is what the hops we should do in this one and you know we'll say we should do this hops in it we should do this abv we should do this should we add lactose whatever we should do fruits or whatever and then they go okay this is the recipe and whoever's the host brewer so say we do the collaboration at Orna brewing company we have Ace is the one brewing it. And then you have a photo of one of the guys from Mass Landing for a Hobson. And then we drink beer all day. That's basically what a collaboration for brewing industry is. <laughs> so a collaboration in the brewing industry is basically that the idea of the recipe is a collaboration, not the physical brewing of it. The collaboration of brewing yeah. it is the brewer from the head, the head brewer of the place that is hosting the collab is the one brewing. And then the recipes between the multiple locations trying to figure out what we want to do, what the labels look like for the cans, all those yeah. things. So it's not as much as, and, and there's times we've done collaborations. We did this all together collaboration with other half and other breweries. That was a virtual yeah. collaboration. We, no one was in each other's houses, like places and doing these things. We were just doing it all. Right. We did one with the Portland Zoo, which is our bar in, in Portland that was don't feed the animals. Uh, those that came out Friday. Yeah. That was we did that that. collaboration via Zoom. The guys from Portland Zoo were on their phones <laughs> saying hi to us and doing that. So, but I feel like in the coffee industry, it'd be a little bit easier because you could make a, you know, Joe Schmo and an unrest coffee blend that has both logos on the label and, and it goes to one place. And then you just basically, and you could even do it likely if you say that blend has a, you know, Bang Humane Society logo on it so that yeah. there's no fight over profits. You guys equally put the costs into it and any profits you get from it are donated at least it gets your name on both sides and to get that thing that collaborations right. are really the idea is that if I own a coffee company and you own a coffee company, we probably have different fans. Let's try to get each person's customers to like our coffee. So maybe they'll alternate, maybe they'll buy the tea from you. Maybe, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, it's the, 
it's the idea of trying to spread. It's more of a marketing thing than it is anything else. Right. Trying to spread your name. Yeah. So it's, it's different. It's, and maybe, you know, coffee, I, I feel like coffee's more of, I think it's getting more this way that people try a lot of different varieties of coffee, but a lot of, a lot of people are, you know, this is the coffee I drink every day. And so I, I don't stray from that. And mm-hmm. where beer, I think, you know, people might have their, their faves, but beer, I think you're, people like to try all these different beers and drink different beers. And, or I think coffee, maybe people are more, not picky, but more stuck in their, their morning routine, which you mm-hmm. don't mess with. So it's hard it to is. get people to, to jump ship to your type of coffee. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is but, true. Cause I mean, in our industry, there's definitely breweries that get people's more favorite breweries, quote unquote, is the ones that make a new beer every week. Like we, I feel like there's a lot of people who are fans of Ornar Brewing Company, but that's mainly because you can get tubular all the time. You can get these beers all the time, plus a yeah. few new beers here and there. Whereas some of these breweries that make new beers every week, it's everybody's favorites because they can get a new beer every week. There isn't that, you're not coming out with a new coffee every week. It's like it's yeah. a good portion of people who have a light roast, medium roast, dark roast, and like, you know, extremely dark roast. And that's their coffees. And you just get to pick what, how heavy you want your coffee or how dark you want your coffee. And that's literally the, the difference. And you get to drink that coffee. And maybe you have your winter blend, which maybe you drink during the winter and your, your fall blend, you drink yeah. during the fall. But you're right. I think the majority of people, there's two types of people. The people who would drink any coffee, if it's just coffee. Yeah. And the other people who like their specific type of coffee and that's what they stick to. Yeah. I know a lot of, like, there's this whole new wave of people that are, you know, cause there's, there's coffee from all over the world, like not the U S but all these other parts of the country or the world where you can grow coffee and how, and that's, what's like really cool. And I think is one of the things that's difficult with coffee to try to educate people to know that there's so many different coffees out there. There's like, you can get coffee from Colombia and then if you try a, co- a coffee from like Ethiopia, like a Yurgachev, it's going to be a completely different cup of coffee where people don't realize that you can, you can have like your Dunkin' Donuts coffee that you, you know, throw cream and sugar in and it tastes slightly burnt. And then, but you can get a, a lighter roasted Ethiopian that's going to taste like, like fruit. There's going to be these weird notes of strawberry or blueberry in there that you're like, is this a flavored coffee or is this, and it's not, it's just a lot of it has to do with where it was grown. Um, the process that they do to, to process that coffee bean. Do they, there's just so many things out there that can make every person's coffee, like each company's coffee so unique. Um, I know that the, the, um, roaster in Winterport, he's got a certain type of roaster, um, that is like, way different than my type of roaster. I have a traditional drum roaster. Um, it's propane fired and there's a drum that just turns. And so mm. the fire like heats up the cast iron drum. And so you're getting like um, conductive heat from that drum, but then you have the airflow and you're getting convective heat. And so there's things like that where his roaster, there's no, um, it's like all air type of um, heat that comes through. And so it produces a slightly different um, 
like roasting experience. So his coffee is going to taste a little bit different than mine probably would be, even if we roasted the same bean the same way. Um, so there's, that's one thing, like same with beer, you know, like mm -hmm. how many IPAs are out there? Like you would think an IPA Millions. is an IPA, but it's not like, and that, I mean, you and guys that was have the altogether beer. The altogether beer was the exact same recipe. But you yeah. see the water that goes into it or what year harvest crop your, your hops were from. Yeah. Or what yeast you used to, to, to brew it. What, you know, the size capacity and how scaling the recipe worked and, and all those different changes that could happen. And it's the same thing with the hops. Like you were talking about the different beans from different places. Some people yeah. come up and go, hey, I can't have grapefruit because of my heart medication to hand the beer back. I'm like, there's no grapefruit in that. You're getting grapefruit flavors from the hops. This is the way it, the way the hop. The, I, I promise you right now, there's no grapefruit in there. I, I'm just right. too scared. And it's like it's it. Each hop has its own, you know, profile. Yeah. And I understand that that aspect of it being different. And most people, I feel like, it's starting to come into that. I feel like, you know, 15 years ago, it was you know your best part of waking up. It's Folgers in your cup was like the only coffee right. that people like knew. It was like Folgers and Chucka was it Chucka nuts or whatever it is and chock full of nuts or something and it didn't matter it was coffee's coffee's coffee yeah and, and nowadays there's this more art going into it which is really cool and places like you know unrest coffee who you know you're making your own small batch coffee that stands out from other people and if you want to buy a local i mean yeah you buy your dunkin donuts coffee at your local dunkin donuts is not buying local <laughs> at all well you might be yeah, supporting a just... local business because they're owned by a local company like there's someone who owns that locally Right. If you want to be local, 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 main, 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 you got to go with a place like Unrest or some other local, you know, coffee places to get that, you know, right. you're not growing your beans here, but you're. Yeah. It's cool. Like, you know, with, with all the different types of coffee that you can try and, and just knowing that you could try all these different things and you can find one that you really like instead of just always getting a dark roasted coffee. It's like, maybe it's not the dark roast that you really like, you know, maybe it's beans from this type of origin that you just didn't really even know that was there. And I think too, that people are starting to go, like, I think when Starbucks was making their heyday, every, there were big dark roasted coffee. Like that's like one of the big things that they do and, and how everyone went dark roast and Oh, I love my coffee nice and dark and strong. It's like, well, there's some great coffee out there that's light roasted that you might not even know. Like, and so I think that's the part of coffee that I think is starting to to take off for people that they realize that just like beer that, you know, 15 different companies can all create an IPA, but they're all different where, you know, I can do a dark roast that's completely different from someone down the street. Um, so it's worth you know, mixing and mingling and trying that. And also like a little plug for fresh, like locally roasted coffee. If you buy a bag of coffee from a grocery store, chances are that's been sitting in a back room for a couple of weeks, if not longer. Most of the time it's ground already, which is, you know, like the cardinal sin of coffee. And so, you know, it's been ground, so you're losing a lot of the aromas and the essence of the coffee that makes it fresh. So, you know, I highly recommend, even if you do buy it at the grocery store, like, you know, that's your thing, go for it. Try to buy whole bean, like go buy a $20 or $30 little grinder and grind it at home and see how much better your coffee will be then, even if it comes from the grocery store, because it'll be so much 
fresher, even if you, it's been bagged for a year out. Um, but there's nothing like a fresh roasted cup of coffee um, where you have it roasted, like unrest I roast Mondays are typically my big roasting day. So if you place an order for me, you're probably getting it, you, you will be getting it within a week of me roasting it, which is like, you'll never ever get that at a grocery store. And so if you grind that yourself, like it's gonna be so much better of a cup of coffee. Um, so whether you buy from me or somebody else, locally is so much better. And it's just, I mean, we say the same thing with IPAs and, and, and different beers. There are certain beers that last a little longer. Um, but I used to, I mean, even, I mean, you guys are selling tea now. Excuse me. Yep. Um, but when I used to go buy tea, loose leaf tea in a container, they're like, here's this airtight container, but that's not going to, you can't buy this much tea and expect to drink it right. for a year. You need to drink that tea like sooner than later, it's going to go bad. There is a shelf life, even though some people might think, that coffee is, you know, it's a dried bean or roasted bean that yeah. is ground up and it's not going to grow mold on it sitting in the closet, but it is going to go stale. It's going to go. I mean, I did that with pasta yesterday. I opened up a thing of pasta. I'm like, I think this is from a year ago and it was open already. And I'm like looking at it and I'm like, I know pasta's dried, but that looks dry. And I'm like, I'm not even going to try to eat that. Yeah. I probably won't get sick. There's no, I mean, I'm not worried about getting sick from it. I was just like, this is not going to taste good. So I just threw it away. And it's like fresh, local, fast coffee is, is going to be much better tasting than something you buy in a store, like you said, or buy in yeah. a big box store. But I agree. You agree? Well, you I should agree. agree. You agree. make coffee. Oh, oh, I was going to say for a living, but you don't really make it for a living. Yeah, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> It helps. So if you want to no. invest in unrest, co- no, just kidding. <laughs> I'm open. <laughs> quickly, I mean, would you, so that we talked about expanding, just quickly finishing up here, but would you, yeah. out of the two options, I'm going to give you two options. Would you open your own coffee joint that sells coffee by the cup that only sells unrest coffee more or sell it to, I open a coffee spot that has multiple different companies' coffees but yours is one of them, but you have like a, you're on the board, you have three types of coffee you can get from you. It's like, we need your coffee to expand. Would it be more that than it is opening your own spot that's unrest coffee shop? That's like. Yeah, it's, it's difficult. We, I, I met with a friend of mine. He's a, a teacher of entrepreneurship. That's a crazy word. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine, Jason Harkins, and we kind of chatted just to be like, Hey, um, what do you recommend a business do? Like, how do you expand? Like, how do you, um, you know, get investors or like, what does all that even look like? Cause I don't know, like I didn't go to business school. Um, and so we were talking to him and, and just sharing a lot of like our dreams. And, um, it's funny how, you know, if I talk to 10 people about coffee, I think eight of them are going to say, oh, I've always dreamed of owning a coffee shop. I've always dreamed of owning a coffee shop. Like everyone's wanted to own, everyone watched Friends, everyone mm-hmm. wants to own the Central Perk, you know? And so, you know, we're talking and he's like, well, where do you want to go? Like, if you could quit your job today and do Unrest Coffee, would you want it to be a wholesale coffee company where you sell coffee to other people who brew your coffee or and, and do a wholesale coffee company or do you want to own a, a coffee shop? Because those are two very different, 
business plans and and marketing and they're they're just very different um, avenues of thought and so it, I, I haven't settled on that yet um, you know I think I'm one of those eight people that have always loved the idea of having a coffee shop um, when me and Gretchen first got married like a year or so after we lived downtown Bangor and and I lived we lived right above um, a pizza shop um, in downtown and and I bugged the owner for like a week or two to try to work for him even though he didn't need anybody I just bugged him and I was like I'd love to work here you know pay me under the table and so I ended up getting a job there and, and I made pizzas and sandwiches and we sold coffee too and and I loved just getting to know people and, and this was like Patty Murphy's was new and um, you know like the Reverend Noble and there's the Red Martini like it was like when downtown was just starting to kind of become a cool place again and I loved just seeing the people that came in every day and, and came in for their cup of coffee and they bought the Boston Globe and they you just saw them every day and so I like I love that aspect of um, of business but I don't necessarily want to own a restaurant <laughs> so who knows like I'm, I'm open to different possibilities I guess so I haven't quite landed on that yet and I guess like the coffee shop go. thing is kind of both I mean if you could partner with someone who want, is already trying to open a coffee shop or owns a coffee shop already and said hey yeah. I'd like to be the exclusive coffee for you then it becomes your your coffee shop but really you don't have to worry about running the day-to-day -day business they just buy the coffee of you and sell it it's not yeah a little bit of, just, and you could go in there and you could say hey can i just behind the counter and pour some coffee for some people so you get that experience still but yeah that, so there's both of those and downtown bangor is not a place to open a coffee shop right now i mean there's i i feel <laughs> like i feel like there's a few and there's one that's been opening for like three or four years now hasn't it yeah uh, I, yeah <laughs> he he's I actually like looked into him a little bit because I was like what's the deal with that place and he's run into like just some crazy building yeah yeah stuff there so I feel bad for that guy but I would have yeah. I would have taken the sign down about two years ago though just be like okay let's well we'll put it back up when we're ready to open <laughs> really we are opening soon. Sign, the sign has dirt on it from like six years ago and I'm just like this yeah. is not good but I knew I think you made a joke when the place are Pompeii pizzas didn't you make a joke, joke about wanting to open a coffee shop there? Uh, I mean, every time I see a vacant <laughs> spot, I'm like, make a good coffee shop. Um, but I feel like you'd have to go to like Brewer or to Hamden or yeah. somewhere else. I feel like downtown Bangor is just, oh yeah, it's not, there's not a ton, but there is a ton. If it makes any sense. Like it's basically yeah. in downtown Bangor, you can get coffee, sandwiches and beer. Like that's what you it's like true. to me with the number of places that you can actually do that now in downtown Bangor and if that guy ever gets open up on Central Street it's another coffee right. shop um but that's yeah. pretty cool I mean so you know there's lots of different things I think um you know like OBC where you guys have this like really cool place where people can come and hang out and, and drink beer and get together and and just like do life with people and then you can see the brewery in the background and you can see those tanks and and you guys are brewing beer there and that's like a really cool experience. Um, and I think, you know, like what if you had a coffee shop where you go in and you, you see me roasting coffee in the background or, you know, you do something like that and, and you could actually 
Um, I've seen like Starbucks does this really cool. They have, I don't know if they're called Starbucks Reserve, but they're like certain places in the country. There's only a handful of them, I think, where you can see them roasting coffee there. And there's, there's even places where you can pick out your coffee and you say like, I want like two pounds of this and I want it roasted, you know, medium and, and they roast it right there for you. And it's like this cool experience and, and, you know, like, I think that would be really neat or to be able to offer um, like classes, teach people how to roast coffee, offer like sell maybe some small home roasters and, and just teach people the ins and outs of coffee. And so there's, there's so many different opportunities and thoughts out there. And um, I like the idea of blending the, the tasting room aspect that we get yeah. with the idea of a, of a shop and you could even easily just sell like, your coffee by the pound or, or in a bag. And then you can also sell your coffee to drink because you have some roasters. And then maybe you get pastries from another place that you sell at the spot. So you at least have something to nibble on that you're not actually making in the back room. Right. And yeah. It, the whole idea is the coffee, coffee, coffee is the, is the core part of it that you're there to sip on coffee, try some different coffees. You could even do a tasting paddle <laughs> of like, yeah, three different, four different roasts of this is the coffee and you could put a couple of beans by each one. I'd be like, these are the beans that go with these coffees. So you can actually smell them and handle them and, yeah. and so on. That, that's kind of a cool aspect. And that would set you apart. Even if you did open a shop like that in downtown Bangor, that would set you apart from some of the other places that literally just brew coffee and you sit there and drink it at the cafe. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Cause I feel like there's no, there's a lot of like shops that sell coffee mm -hmm. and there's a lot of great places and I think a lot of that's the hard part about a coffee shop is you're not going to, it's tough to make a successful business selling a dollar 99 items, you know? And so, you know, are you going to then charge people five bucks for a cup of coffee? Like probably not. So you're going to say, Oh, I'll sell you a dollar 99 cup of coffee also with a croissant or a, mm -hmm. you know, and then because you've got to add this other element to be able to pay all your bills and to make it. So it's, that's, what's difficult about a coffee shop is I think a lot of people want to be all about the coffee, but in order to do that, you've got to be, you've got to bring in these other aspects to make it a successful business model. But, um, but no one's to my knowledge, at least no one is roasting their own coffee and selling it by the cup right now in the Bangor area, at least. I don't think and that's the aspect, I mean, if, why brew or tasting rooms have taken so off, so far off. So if, say you grow out to the side, yeah. it's not going to fit in your house anymore. And you need to like add a second roaster or do whatever you need to do, make a bit buy a bigger roaster. You have to now buy or rent property. Say you have to lease a store, right. a, a business. Why not lease a business that has at least a small spot with 10 seats in the front of it. So people could drink your coffee, but that's not your like, focus your focus is you need right. a bigger place to brew coffee or uh, to uh, roast coffee and that one of the reasons why tasting rooms have taken so far off so like are like huge in the state is a lot of these companies are like we're gonna have this space to brew coffee or uh, to brew beer in why not make some money to pay the lease uh or, right. the, or the or the mortgage on it with selling beer so people can drink there it's yeah. both places you're not opening a coffee shop and then you having to all of a sudden roast coffee at a different spot. Why not have them be the same spot and people can look at it and have the experience. So 
that would be the, you yeah. know, if I had to vote, that would be the vote that I would have, but obviously it's not my money and not my <laughs> uh, future right. in it. But um, I think it's it allow you love the future. Right. The future's great. It would allow you to, to like, you know, I, I would imagine you guys probably do it where you can, you can have like your big, um, you know, like your standard coffee that you offer or your standard beers that everyone knows, like your tubular and, and those types of things. And, but then in your brew pub or your tasting room, you, you're able to brew like small batch stuff that maybe it's only a, available in a keg at the tasting room. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, maybe there's limited runs of coffee that we get in that are, you know, maybe too expensive to mass produce and roast and sell out um, to wholesale clients, but you just, you have to come to the place to get it. You got to come to the shop. So there's so many different ideas out there. Who knows? But it's cool because you are looking towards the future that there is something that you could do. It's not like the coffee industry is stale for you. It's because being a year into it, you have this ability to now think about what's next and and to, to come out of COVID and see how what's, I mean, I still feel like we talked about, you know, off air or last time we chatted that that people are still going to want to do this to go. People are still going to want to do this home delivery thing for a while. I mean, I wouldn't see it changing drastically before the new year. And so having the ability to order your coffee online is huge at this moment. If you didn't have that set up already, it could have been a little bit of a struggle during this time that you're able to now continue your business and grow your business doing this via the internet. And you do hand deliver your packages. But if someone called you from, you know, Presque Isle and says, I want your coffee at my store, you might say, yeah, yeah sure. I'll just throw it in a box and mail it to you overnight and pay that extra fee to, to get it to yeah. them. But they have it the next day or UPS ground within the state is usually the next day anyway. So you could just right. send it up to them and they have it now at their spot without having to go up there. And maybe you go up there every once in a while just to say hi. But, yeah. you know, there is that ability that coffee can be mailed and, and that's what's cool about that right now so if anybody's out there wanting coffee unrest coffee or unrest.com unrestcoffee.com yeah unrestcoffee.com yeah yeah so yeah and we are doing which has been huge like through this our online sales have gone way up which is is great um and because you know a lot of our places like um that serve it by the cup have maybe seen a decline a little bit um so we've adjusted our business a little bit there but it's been the online side it's been great and and we've been delivering um like if anyone's in the bangor area pretty much i'm delivering coffee to them they buy it online um we give them a coupon code a local and it's free shipping if you're in this area and i can actually drive to your house i'll deliver it for free um and so that's been kind of fun just getting out and and dropping packages off on people's doorsteps and stuff so yeah we've been the owner that's one of the things i've always was was talking to abe about the other day was the pride of the owner actually delivering the coffee to you is another sense that you wouldn't get from a mega corporation that's you know the owners of starbucks aren't delivering coffee to your door you know even your local guy who owns a a chain dunkin donuts is not going to deliver coffee to your door and so not that you're going to do this forever but that is a kind of cool beginning knowing this is a small business that you and Gretchen are going to like be there at your door to drop off coffee. And then when yeah. your kids, kids get older, maybe they'll be the ones in the car 
dropping off yeah. coffee. <laughs> little <laughs> delivering <up>. minions. <laughs> right? I was like, dude, we could do a, a coffee truck and you could just run it all summer. Be awesome. There you go. Isn't that like the blues, like the banana stand on Arrested Development? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Sweet. So Brian uh, is online at unrestcoffee.com and you're on Instagram. You have a Facebook page. Right? All at Unrest Coffee, I'm guessing. They're all the same. Yep. I believe Pretty so. Easy. Pretty easy. Pretty easy. And you can get you them locally, but you can also order online or um, and maybe he'll deliver it to you if you're in the area or via mail. Right. But it's do available. Subscription. subscription worth it. Monthly or I think we do every other week and or monthly right now. So we'll roast it, ship it out. You get to your door within three days of you of me roasting it. It'll be the freshest cup of coffee you've ever had. And it's no so. commitment either, right? I mean, if someone did it for two months and they wanted to cancel it, there's no commitment to it. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah you cancel. You can adjust. Um, you could change if you're doing, you know, our Allagash dark roast, and you want to switch for a couple months and go with a medium. That's totally. You can go in, edit your account, and and are able to do it from there. So. I respect those companies a lot more than any other companies. Like I, there's so many companies originally when you'd sign up for something, one of the worst is like the MLB packages on TV or like the basketball packages where you're like, Oh, it's 20 bucks a month. And you'd sign up for it. Then I'm like, ah, I'm getting a little behind on my bills. Let me cancel it. Oh, sorry. You, you subscribe for the year. You can't cancel it. And right. I was like, yeah. Or the wacky but, with like a $60 cancellation yep. fee. So, and so, I mean, I'm a, I'm a subscriber mm -hmm. of me undies. And during COVID, I've wanted to save money. So I've been able to skip my whole thing. Like I just basically said every month I go in there and skip this month, skip yeah. this month, skip this month. And it's been like, it's been really cool to have that ability. It makes you feel a little bit more in control of your, your purchases yeah. and, and having the ability not to be locked in is pretty cool. So right, you might yeah. see a little order come through today because I'm getting low on coffee and I need that. So anytime. <laughs> but uh yeah so follow brian online you know check out his website try his coffee if you want to buy it locally just to try it out too uh i recommend tiller and i because i live in orrington so it's right basically down the street but if They've you live in hamden yeah. you can go to erickson's if you live in bangor you can go to downtown bangor and go to central street farmhouse and, and uh represent all those places so yeah. i really appreciate talking coffee with me today man i really uh, appreciate you coming on always a blessing this is a good time always? always so we've got to do we another get to zoom talk meeting, celtics but but we'll do another another one i'm trying to figure out the schedule and i'm thinking that i'm doing seasons on this show so like okay it's basically i'll do a number of episodes and then take a couple of weeks off for specific things like i'm getting married this summer obviously so there's oh, that i heard that i'll take that time <laughs> off and then i'll do a couple of months of shows and then take like the christmas holiday off Nice. And then I'll do a couple months of shows and I work in an industry that's affected by the college students. So maybe I'll take like May off next year for like graduation, do right. a couple of, you know, that kind of thing. And those are seasons. So I was like talking to Josh Moulton and you, and I'm like, got to get Brian and Josh on. Could be the same episode. doesn't matter. I want them on once yeah. a season, maybe kick off the season talking and we'll get away from unrest coffee. We'll check in. Yes. We'll talk Celtics. We'll talk, you know, anything uh, else that's yeah. going on whether or not you started a new apparel company or, you know, who knows? <laughs> tie dyed some more shirts. I don't know. We'll talk about, you know, whatever. baby, we'll be selling some new tie dye shirts. I don't know. 
working on some new unrest merch. Is there a new unrest tie-dye shirt? Oh, that'd be amazing. I have to look into that. And then you only only for only for sale at uh, Lincolnville General General Store, right? With the fish (laughs) merch. Yes, (laughs) that'd be awesome. But I really appreciate tie dye is coming back, man. Oh yeah, Taylor loves tie dye. She loves doing it. Great. she has a couple of shirts. I wear black. It's hard to wear tie-dye with black. It's just... You got to try it. You'll never go maybe back. Maybe I'll tie-dye the logo. That's what I'll do. You should. Don't steal my <laughs> ideas. I'm not Next very good know, at Photoshop, so we op- I have we very op- limited ideas. We open up OBC again. You see the OBC tie-dye shirt. You're like, that guy. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> but That's cool. I really appreciate you coming on, Brian. Anytime. Hey, it's man. Talk to you later, okay? All right. See ya.